Hi, this is Quinn Wynn and Jesse Chu, co-founders of Paper Talk. Welcome to season five. We're here to share our paper flower journey, engage with makers and artists, and support other female entrepreneurs. Follow along as we give a voice to and nurture a community of paper florists from around the world. Hello, hello. Welcome back to season number five. I can't believe we are in our third year of recording podcast, Jesse. It's been incredible. It's kind of crazy thinking it back to 2019, like this idea just kind of popped in our head and we were like, oh, why don't we try it and see where it goes? And now here we are. <laughs> I know it's pretty incredible. Just looking back and understanding like, why did we even start it? And then mm-hmm. asking that particular question the entire time that we're doing the podcast mm-hmm. is still making us happy. And it was really interesting. So last year, we actually met with our coach, Amy McGee of Botanical Brouhaha. And she's going to be a little bit later on season five to kind of give you a little bit inside peek on why we talked to her and what were the outcomes. And one thing that both Jesse and I separately both agreed was that we love doing this podcast. Like we mm-hmm. would totally do this for free. And we actually yes. kind of Dude. are. But... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys, it takes so much time and effort to there's a lot of behind the scenes that I don't know if you're yeah. aware of, but we have to contact each of the guests. We have to prepare our notes, research on them, make sure that our questions are thoughtful. And when we do talk to them, that we're thoroughly prepared to take care of them and mm-hmm. to navigate the conversation to where they want the guest wants to go and where we want to make sure that we want to go. Because mm-hmm. there's usually a topic that we want to explore. And it's a lot of fun for both mm-hmm. of us. Yeah, And luckily, with some of the other side projects that Paper Talk brings in, it has helped us get a group of people in where they help us edit the podcast. So I don't have to do that anymore because (laughs) it used to take me hours, you guys. (laughs) And so taking that huge workload off has really given me a refresh or renewal joy, I would say, Mm -hmm. in recording the podcast because I felt like a little hindered, like, oh, can't do this too long because it's going to take me X amount of time to record an hour long <laughs> podcast. But now I'm like, Woo-hoo, I don't have to do that anymore. And so I can really focus on asking the questions and listening and making sure that we get the best podcast episode out of each guest. Yeah. And I think we talked a little bit about this in season four, but having somebody do the grunt work for us has given us time to reflect on our own businesses. I mean, both of us started out doing this, not Paper Talk. We came into Paper Talk as a result of our own businesses, Pink and Posy for Quinn and Crafted to Bloom for me. And having time now to reflect upon our own businesses, I think has come to a point where we've made decisions about Paper Talk as well, because in the real world, there's three businesses that are kind of running side by side, Quinn's mine and Paper Talk. And we have to all kind of work together (laughs) to make sure that we have enough time for everything. The time now that we have on reflection and after talking to Amy as well, I think really brought us to this point where we're thinking, okay, season five should be about talking about our whys because over the last year, that's what we've been really doing. And we've been so lucky to have so many different opportunities come to us. But that also means that it's more, even more important to know why you're doing what you're doing. 
because it's mm-hmm. so easy to go off on a tangent and do something that is not your why, or you had no intention of getting into, it just came and fell on your lap and you're like, oh, this looks interesting. But then it sucks all the time away from what you actually love to do. And it happens, I think, more and more. <laughs> yep. Because I mean, like, yeah, reality is when you're starting off, it's very easy to stick to your <laughs> why. You like paper flowers. Great. Make paper flowers like 24-7. But as your social media following grows, or as your website gets out there, people are looking for you, there, you are presented with more and more opportunities. Some of them are amazing and some of them are not, but the amazing ones too, I think it becomes more and more difficult to say no. And so it becomes even more important to know why you're doing what you're doing and whether or not those opportunities aligns with it. So it goes back to, okay, why are we doing what we're doing? And on a personal level, the last two years has been quite difficult. Uh, I always yes. say like once my second one was born, it was like, the it was completely different. Like my world changed completely. It actually wasn't my first son. He's, it actually wasn't that bad. <laughs> I didn't feel that bad. <laughs> well, because if it wasn't, I always tell people this, like there's only two of us. If it's just him and me, if it's not him, meaning if I've dealt with everything, I've changed his diaper, he's napping or all of his needs are met, then I can take care of myself. But when the second one came, it was like, if it wasn't him, then it was the second one. And it wasn't the second one, it was him. And I was not in the equation and my business was like nowhere near that. So it really became time for me to reevaluate, like, what are my priorities? And I'm sure if any of you guys have kids, whatever the age, you can relate, especially when the kids are young. And some of you have gone through this or are going through this. It's not you. <laughs> it's nothing is about you. It's all about them. And that's normal. That's absolutely normal. That's natural. And I think that's what your expectations should be. And if you're able to do a little bit more than that, then great. You've achieved one goal, one objective <laughs> that day. It's totally normal too. Like don't beat yourself down for that because your kids come first. You can never bring back that time that you lose with them. I was feeling incredibly frustrated with, with having to care for my second one. And he was also having some issues too. I mean, he had eczema early on and then he had some food allergies and we were in and out of the ER for a month or two because we were discovering his allergies. I was so stressed out because I had so many orders to do as well. And I literally like that last time that we were in the ER, they admitted us into the pediatric ward to stay overnight to monitor him. And I remember like lying there in the hospital. It was all dark. It was just him and me and thinking like, you know, I can't do this anymore. Like I have to say no to these opportunities because my kid comes first and I'm not a good mother when I'm stressed out. I'm not a good mother when I'm thinking about everything, but my kids and my art can wait that's just what I have to do in order to make sure that I am a good mother. Yeah. So it's a part of your identity as being a female, we're, I mean, we're fortunate that we can become mothers and yeah. be able to nurture another young human being. And I saw you struggle and my heart really went out to you. And I was like, what can I take on for her? So we're not putting so much pressure and stress because I saw the stress coming to you. 
And it Mm -hmm. really made me also reflect and think about my life, what's going on in my side. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a really eye-opener for both of us on how COVID has affected us in so many numerous ways that Mm -hmm. we didn't really think about. And I think it really did. I mean, we really had to really think about our why. Yeah. Why are we doing this? Exactly. Important. Was it as important as it was, you know, two years ago? It it wasn't anymore. It wasn't the main reason driving us. Mm -hmm. And I think family, I mean, as all you know, and I would agree, family comes first. Because if you don't have that foundation as a strong point, then you can't grow as a business person. You can't grow as a, a human being because you're being pulled back and being so stressed out. They can't think or grow as a human being. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I should say like, so before I had my kids, actually I was pregnant with Tristan, my eldest. He's five now. I was pregnant with him when I, I know it's crazy. Another five years, it's going to fly by. But when I was pregnant with him, I was still working. Um, I was still working as a family lawyer. And one of the reasons why I actually decided to take a sabbatical from law was because I knew that I wouldn't be able to be there for my kids as much as I wanted to. Not that you can't, you absolutely can work any job and still have kids, but not in the way that I wanted to. Like I'm the type of person, like when I'm in work, I bring the work home with me. And it's also really difficult not to when you're in law, especially if you're doing family law, where you're dealing with people, right? You're dealing with people's lives. And so I was always like the type to bring it home. So at home, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll be watching TV, but my mind would be like elsewhere. And so I knew that I had to take a break from it to see where in order to spend the type of quality time I wanted with my kids at such a young age. And because it flies by, literally like once they get into junior kindergarten, they don't need you as much. Like you can work a lot more. So that was one of the reasons actually why I took the sabbatical from law and decided, okay, let's see where this goes. The other reason was because I felt like I needed a change. And I don't know, I know not everyone feels this, but I definitely felt like there was something more I wanted. And by that time I had been practicing for seven years. And so ironically, the thing is like, I was so comfortable with a lot of the stuff that was coming in, like every file that came in, I'm like, okay, like I know what exactly what to do with it. And it didn't feel challenging for me anymore. Well, I never want to say this about law because law is very challenging, but there were some things that were just like, it just didn't interest me anymore. And the challenges that did come in really made me feel like I did not want to do certain things. There's some cases that I never wanted to touch, like mobility. If any of you guys do mobility cases, they're just like heart-wrenching because the law is not clear on them. The law is not clear. So it's very difficult to tell your client, okay, yeah, this is going to work out or this is not going to work out. So the funny thing was I had, On the one hand, part of my practice, I was finding not challenging at all. And I was like, okay, day in, day out, it's exactly the same. And then the other part was like the stuff that did come in that I didn't like, I was like dreading doing because I'm like, oh, I don't want to spend that much energy doing it. (laughs) So I knew I needed some sort of change because I'm like, okay, is this all? Like, is this it? Because yeah, my next chapter is like having kids and having a family, but how can I continue like bringing the stuff home, the emotional stuff? all that stress home and actually not be with my kids. So that's actually why I left law. And so 
I think part of that carries along with me every time that I'm trying to reevaluate what I'm doing is wait, like, why am I doing this? And so it goes back to like last year when, yeah, when Killian was having all these eczema problems and allergy problems that I was like, wait, like I decided to stop working because I wanted to be there physically, emotionally for my kids. So why am I now still spending like all my time making things for other people and not spending it with my kids? That's what I'm saying. You kind of lose yourself because like your business grows, people want your time. They're demanding your time. They're demanding your work. And you're like, oh, great. You know, this is amazing. Somebody wants me to do something for them or like, oh, I just want to make art. I make, make, make. But then like you lose yourself in that. I lost part of my why in doing that. My main why for not working 24 seven is so that I can be with my kids. So it just made total sense after being in that hospital and thinking like, why? Like, why am I doing things for other people? Why am I not doing things for my family? Mm-hmm. That I was like, you know what? I got to stop. And I got to choose my projects the way that align, like you said, align with my why. Mm-hmm. And so part of my why is having that flexibility and that mind space to be there with my kids. Cause I'm very much a, I just, I don't know. My husband can like dump his work at work and like come home and be like, Hey, you know, I'm not, I bring my work home. So I need to be able to have that mind space to be with my kids and then have whatever time left I have to work on my flowers, being creative, kind Mm -hmm. of fueling my own soul and then making orders. Yeah. Um, And that's what it's kind of come down to because then, well, paper talk is the other element too, right? It was the other factor that came in was for a paper talk, I'm not making flowers really we're teaching, we're teaching Mm -hmm. people how to make flowers. We're teaching people how to grow their businesses or even just establish a business. And that was really amazing and fun. The mastermind, like we talked about this mastermind was amazing, Mm -hmm. but ultimately right now at this moment, it's not my why, because I have so many priorities. (laughs) They're all Mm -hmm. lined up. It's like, which ones am I going to pick? I only have so many hours in a day. Yeah. So to some extent, like I think that it did take a couple of years to go back to my why and be really, what do you call it, clear in terms of what my why is. Because it can be, it's one of those things where, well, when there's smooth sailing, everything's good. Yes, exactly. You're like, oh, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. It's like when stuff hits the fan, you're like, wait, like, am I supposed to be doing this? Like, why do I dread doing this? Or like, mm-hmm. why do I yeah. resent this? Why do I resent doing all this stuff? Because probably because you're not supposed to be doing it, but it like, it takes that kind of like your why's changes, but I think you always have like a core why as well. Mm-hmm. And going back to that, I mean, this year, my why is like my, my word is beauty because this year when I was trying to reestablish, okay, my why is yes, creating, but what is the why even within that, like even more. Because, mm-hmm. or else I could be doing so many different things. Exactly. Everything is beautiful. <laughs> everything is beautiful. And like, and the thing, like the one thing that like, I keep reminding myself is I'm very privileged to have the time to think about what my why is, to figure things out, not be too worried about money and stuff. And also I'm very privileged to be able to have all these skills, to be able to do so many different things. But it doesn't mean that I should then go off and do all these different things just because I can. 
you know, just because I can do it, just because I have the program for it or the knowledge for it or the partner to do it with, it doesn't mean that I have to do it. And I think that's what you have to remind yourself is you you don't have to prove to anybody. You have nothing to prove, nothing to prove that you have to, that you can do this or that, oh, this person asked for my work or, oh, that I can do X, Y, and Z. It's more important to figure out, okay, that's cool. I could do it, but is that really the time that I want to spend doing that? Or do I want to spend my time doing something else instead? And that something else obviously is trying to figure out what the why is. It's really interesting as you were talking about that is like the word FOMO comes close to my mind. And I feel like you're so confident because when you are confident in knowing your why, FOMO is not an issue anymore. Absolutely. Not, and I think that's really important to understand this and why we're pushing to like really niche down and understand your why. Because I think, I mean, you see on social media a lot, FOMO this, FOMO that. What if I yeah. don't do this opportunity? Maybe it'll never come again. The thing is, is that opportunity really what you wanted? If it isn't, be brave to push it aside and know that this opportunity will come again when you're ready mm-hmm. or yes. the right opportunity with the why that's aligned with that will be presented to you. And I think mm-hmm. that's the really important key to understand. And so important to know that it makes me so happy, Jesse, to know that you know your why so well and that you want to be this amazing mother, which you are even though so many things has happened in the past couple of years that has really kind of shook that foundation. But I feel like, you know what, I'm going to build that foundation back up again and Mm -hmm. make sure that my core why is really who I am. And Mm -hmm. that's only going to make me more powerful and stronger to deal with whatever opportunity comes your way. So my hat's off to you because I think (laughs) you're an amazing mom. (laughs) Oh, thank you. And that's the thing too. Like, I mean, everyone has different expectations about Mm -hmm. how much energy you can put into different tasks, being a mother or to your work or to as a wife or as a partner, as a friend. And I think that's very personal. No, like what's a good mother? Like, I don't know. Right. It's personal. Everyone has their own expectations. It's the same thing. I was talking to my friend, like, Obviously, after you have your second, usually people ask, are you going to have a third? And I'm like, hell no, I'm not having a third. Like, (laughs) and it's not just about time. For me, it's like the type of relationship I want to have with each of my child. Mm -hmm. And my expectations of that is probably much higher than someone else's. And that's totally okay. It's so personal. It's such a personal thing. I just know that I wouldn't be able to have this. And I know it's never going to be possible having the same relationship the same depth of relationship either but I'm just hoping that at least with two I can have somewhat of a similar depth of relationship with both of them when I know I personally could not have achieved the same ever with a third or fourth or fifth I just don't have the brain space for it like I'm that's just my personality I can't have too many things going on it has to be like very focused if you love our podcast, please consider supporting us by hitting subscribe and writing us a review. Yeah. So I think that's the exact same thing with like what tasks we've taken on and whittling down, okay, what really is it that we want to do? And how much of that do we love doing because we just love it? That's where our energy is. 
or because we have to make money. I think that's a reality too that we can't ignore, right? Like what brings in the money? What brings in the cash? Exactly. And and that relates to your why. It absolutely relates to your why, right? Like a lot of us teach. And let me tell you, teaching is not my favorite thing in the world. It's not my why. (laughs) I say that right away. It's not my why. If it was, I would have chose a teaching path, but obviously not because I chose the lawyer path and lawyers don't teach. Lawyers train. (laughs) Lawyers train their clients to think a certain way and expectation. We don't teach. (laughs) Teaching came about, and I'm sure it came like it comes about for a lot of people because people love your work and they want to know what is your secret? Like, how do I make flowers like you? And what kind of skills can I gain or can I learn from you? Because you love their work, you love their style. I mean, I learn from other people too. And what attracts me to them is their work, really. It's different from other people's work, and I love their work and I want to learn from them. And that's generally naturally why you start teaching, unless of your why is teaching. That's a little bit different. And artists, I mean, through ages, that's the way they've been able to pay their bills is by teaching. And so if you guys, yeah, with patrons who, one, will pay for, well, will pay them to make (laughs) beautiful work. And then two, the other one being more recently, at least, being teaching is the way to kind of finance you making art, <laughs> you exactly. making art and selling it because the payoff is just so much higher than selling a piece of art that takes you hours to do. But like, that is also a question you have to ask yourself is like, okay, well, I, I make art, I sell it or I make art and I license it out or whatever it is. And I also teach like how much time I, am I going to devote to either one? And that I think is something you have to ask yourself too, because as lucrative as teaching can be, if that's not your why, then what you need to make sure you're doing is finding that time to pursue your why and feed your soul with what your why is, as opposed to just like, you know, pumping out tutorials all the time and, and, you know, making tons of money, but maybe that doesn't also doesn't leave you enough time because, you know, it takes time to prepare a tutorial and film it and teach it and mm-hmm. all that. Um, but that might not give you enough time either to, it doesn't. I'll just tell make, you straight right? up. Exactly. If you're constantly pumping out content month after month, it doesn't leave you time for creativity at all. I mean, you, yes, you're grow totally as an artist. That. Yeah. But internally there's no room to mentally grow as an artist your technical skills will grow because you're pumping out content you're trying to think of new inventive things to do but mentally it's a different it's a different conversation to have but Mm -hmm. it's something to consider as you're thinking about doing a subscription for a box where you're teaching I mean I think that's if you can see the trend right now there's a lot of people pulling other people in Mm -hmm. and it's so mentally tiring trying to think and be innovative and to push the boundaries I think that's why people have started to pull in teams that was one of the first reasons why I started pulling other people for the posy box because I knew that if I wanted to grow something really really well I had to take the steer and grow it but I couldn't also teach because there's no room in my mental brain to be Mm -hmm. able to focus on marketing and growing and trying to get the right membership on but and to take that care and the time because to be a teacher you have to have that mental capacity to take in like the pre-questions that your students might ask Mm -hmm. and to be prepared to answer it before they even answer that question that's the magic of creating a tutorial is answering those questions before the students even ask it 
Yeah. And to be able then to go through the tutorial was like, oh my gosh, I created something from nothing. And yeah. I didn't have to contact the teacher because I had all these various questions. It's taking that time to really think out the process that yeah. helps your student become a better student. That's yeah. the goal when you're teaching other people. And I would say both of us, I mean, that's not our our why either. I mean, I want our this is the conversation that we're having. It's like, what is really our why? Yeah. And I think having that conversation with another person and hearing yourself talk about yeah. your why really drills down and says, this is what I'm hearing. And I yeah. think that's what Amy really helped us. It's like, I'm hearing you both say this. And mm-hmm. we turn to each other. And we're like, yeah, <laughs> that really makes us happy. And we want to continue doing it. And that's the thing. Like, we're so lucky. Like, we're so yeah. lucky. We we have a, we had a, we had careers before this. Yeah. Careers where professional careers where we make we're making decisions, we're delegating, we're we've we've had to really hone in on good judgment. Yeah. And having that experience helps a hundred percent in whatever you're doing moving ahead. It's not just the yeah. confidence, it's also you just have the skills. You have the skills, the resources, you know who to ask if you don't you know, how to learn if you don't know it. But like I said, like, I actually, just because we can do it, which we're both, I would say we're both great teachers. I think we're really good at drilling down how to Mm -hmm. make something complicated and explaining it in a way that's easy for people to understand. Yes. And, but that doesn't necessarily mean just because we can do it and we're good at it doesn't mean that that's our why. Doesn't mean that that's the sole focus that we should have for our business. And I think that's what has come given me clarity over the past couple of months is we've done so much of this. We've done, we've done so much teaching. We've done the business side on the flower side on paper X talk and doing these talks and, 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 you know, and we've been mentoring people. And to some extent, I, me personally, like it, 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 like, you know, my personality is I'm not naturally, it doesn't come naturally for me to mentor somebody. I think I'm generous in answering questions, but I'm you not are. the follow-up type. You are. You're the type that welcomes people, make sure everyone's like taken care of. You go out of your way to like reach out to people to see how they're doing. Mm-hmm. And you do that with your friends too and your family. I'm not. Like I've never I don't do that much with my family and my friends. Like that's just not my personality. So I know that like offering these these types of masterminds and stuff it's a strength within that time period for me. Mm-hmm. But outside of that time period, it's really hard for me to find the energy to answer questions or to act, to like even think about, oh, how's this person doing? Because there's so much crap going in my life already where I'm yeah. like already like trying to figure, you know, trying to one, monitor my family and my kids. And then two, I've got my friends. And even that, <laughs> my personality is it's, it takes me a lot of energy to go out and be like, hey, how are you doing? Like, what's going on? And then start a conversation, which usually dies off because I don't have the energy to continue. Yeah. So it's like one of those things where, okay, where is our energy? Like, where is it best suited? Where do we, where do we shine? Like you shine mm-hmm. on these things. I don't. And so when I w- was evaluating and when we were talking about Amy, to Amy as well, evaluating yeah. okay, what parts of our businesses should we keep? What parts you know, and like you said, the trend of doing subscriptions and lives and whatnot, I'm like, you know what? I think what I'm doing with my tutorials is fine. Online, online mm-hmm. courses where it's like, you buy it, that's it. Like no, yeah. 
no more interaction because I can't <laughs> handle the interaction. Like yeah. you can email me if you have a question, but like, yep. it's not going to be an ongoing thing. I can't do that. Like, I don't have the energy for that. And the same thing with, with paper talk, talking about, okay, well, what aspects of it works and what doesn't, what, we do, what part of it do we love? Mm-hmm. And what, and these ideas that we have, should we pursue them? And the answer was like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> amazing ideas, but no, because like, that's not where our, that's not where we shine. Like, that's not where we find our energy. We don't yeah. feel energized at the beginning we do, but then at the end, it's like, okay, this becomes a little bit too much. And I think yeah. like reevaluating from that aspect, like where do you, like when and where do you feel energized? I think that's a really, it's a good way of trying to confirm or determine whether or not that is also your why. Mm-hmm. You know, not you guys, when something energize you or make you super, super happy, I say jot it down, jot it down in a notebook. Don't do it mentally because you're going to forget it. I think with age and so yes. many things <laughs> happening in everybody's life right now, if you can write it down and reflect on it later, you're going to realize you're going to be able to connect the dots and see where all these pieces make you shine, make you energize, make you smile. I think that's so important. As you get older and we all get older, you're going to realize that you want to niche down. You want to really focus your energy because you're going to find time is more valuable as you do get older and you want to focus on things that will make you happy. And you'll notice, I mean, I see this all the time where my friends and I age, we are trimming our friends down to the (laughs) core group for sure because we just have the energy to be when we're young, we're like, we have all the energy in the world to like grow and nurture. But as you get older, it just doesn't happen as much anymore. You no- yeah. notice that you want to really be cozy in your home. And not, <laughs> and I think COVID has even <laughs> accentuated that even yes. more by making you feel like, okay, I, I can't go out. So I'm just going to Netflix and chill with my yes. husband. <laughs> We're also super lucky that we get along with our husbands because I absolutely understand if the person beside you is like, you're like, why am I with this person? It's a little bit different scenarios. (laughs) Conversation. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, this conversation with all, I mean, we had this with Amy, but just hearing it again, it reconfirms everything that we decided to move on with 2022. And I'm really grateful for each of you that are listening to this podcast to be along with our paper flower journey. And it's, I have to say, documenting our paper talk episode with us talking the past three years. on That's changed too. <laughs> yeah, it's changed so much. And it's selfish way, this is like my documentation of this part of my journey in life. Yes. Yeah. But I can, it's out in the world. I can listen yeah. to it over and over. <laughs> when I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, so this is a little bit of a sneak peek of what season five is going to bring to you. We're going to deep dive with our guests to kind of talk about their why. How did it come about? What Mm -hmm. are they doing right now to reconfirm that why? And we're hoping that by you listening to these episodes, that you're going to start niching down on your why and really balancing and making sure that what you're doing and what you mentally think is aligned with your core why because it's so important to grow as an artist to grow as a person does your why balance out with your home life versus Mm -hmm. your 
artistic life. So if you guys are looking to understand your why a little bit better, Jesse and I created this free worksheet that you can download on our website, www.papertoppodcast.com backslash Y, W-H-Y. And Jesse, why should they download it? Well, I think it's often a challenge, right, to find your Mm -hmm. why. And through this process that we've gone through with Amy and with each other last year, we've asked ourselves some hard questions. Um, And so we're hoping that this worksheet with the questions and process that we've been going through to find our own whys, we're hoping this worksheet will help you do the same. Yeah. If you have any questions, you know where to find us. So DMs with questions. So Jesse, one of the questions we're asking in season five is all about how do you spoil yourself? Is it in a small way, a big way? What do you do? <laughs> My highlight of the day is always after lunch, I make myself a hot cup of tea. And depending on my mood, it usually is a, it's just English breakfast with some cream, but mm-hmm. sometimes I might do a little chai or I might go like really hardcore and make myself like a milk tea. I have this, this device <laughs> <laughs> where you make Italian coffee. Oh, what is it called? Oh, I should look it up. Is it um, a foam? No, it's like a, kind of like a kettle that you put on top of a, it's not a coffee maker. It's like a, is it an espresso cup? No, it's, it's an anyways, espresso maker. It's like one of those that you put on top of your stove uh-huh. and then like you put your tea leaves or your coffee leaves in the middle and then you put yeah. the water at the bottom. And then like when it gets this to a certain temperature, it like it shoots yes. up to the top. I forgot what yes. it's called. Oh my God. I think it's just called an espresso maker. Is it? Okay. Maybe that's what oh. it is. So <laughs> I use that, but I use it for tea. So I like dump I've like never five, tried that. Yeah, five or six bags of English breakfast. Lip- Lipton's usually the best tea. Yeah. And I put a little bit of water. So enough water to fill up like half to three quarters of a regular mug. Mm-hmm. And then I wait 15 minutes, it steeps and then it shoots up. And then I mix it in with a lot of evaporated milk. <laughs> sugar because that's how you that's how that's how you make milk tea so and I'm talking about like Hong Kong style milk tea um (laughs) which is my obsession but honestly like that is the highlight of my day and that's how I spoil myself because I anything warm Mm -hmm. warm tea so I can usually it's so I can prepare myself mentally to work start working it really brings me back to my happy place just something simple like that I did want to say on special special days I might actually, I might actually light a candle. And so my husband's friend's sister, she owns this like little small company called Humble Bee Candles Mm -hmm. and it's Canadian. It's up in Unionville. And we were gifted with some candles for a friend and also at her wedding. And she has eucalyptus, she made eucalyptus candles, like handmade soy eucalyptus scented candles. And I was so surprised by how good they smell. I'm like the eucalyptus too. was, it was, it was so fresh. Like it was so uh-huh. fresh and, but it had like a, a bit of a sweetness to it mm-hmm. that was not like vanilla, what's musky, a little bit musky, uh-huh. but it had Chewy. a sweetness and I don't know, it had a muskiness and a, uh, but a sweetness and a brightness to it that I was surprised. Cause I'm like, oh, it's not oh. a flower, yeah. but whatever essential oil she used for the eucalyptus, it was Amazing. So I would light that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. An open flame is also is always like really, really calming to find that. Yeah. And then I would, but not for too long because it gets 
too, too much. strong, unfortunately. <laughs> and then like, yeah, and then I'll turn off. And then like, it's nice to kind of have that, a different scent in the air. Yeah. Just to kind of like tweak that senses. Because when you're mm-hmm. making flowers, that's what's kind of missing, right? Yeah. The scent of it. So it's nice to kind of have a reminder that we have that. Yeah. So that's on really special days when I'm uh-huh. like, mm, I need to do something about it. Because open flame <laughs> with, with kids around is never a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> My husband um, feels the exact same way. He hates having candles around. It has to be monitored. We have to be in the same room. It's really funny. I cannot walk <laughs> away from it. <laughs> Such a thing that Daniel would say. (laughs) (laughs) So what about you, Quinn? How do you like to pamper yourself and spoil yourself? So I love, you guys, this is my one indulgence. Um, I bought really expensive hand soap (laughs) from Australia. I first discovered it in Vancouver, BC, and it's called Aesop. And it's this particular one. They have several different scents. And it has mandarin rind, cedar, and it's just amazing. Mm, I can only it's imagine. Just, it smells so, so good. So I wash my hand. Even Daniel has mentioned, like, this is really good soap. Like, I like <laughs> washing my hand now. You know, with COVID, we're washing our hands so much yeah. that it's very drying. And this particular hand soap doesn't really dry your hand out, but it smells so good. And it doesn't take a lot of soap, but, you know, you're washing your hand for 20 seconds. Yeah. And it's that perfect, you know, 20 seconds of this great smell coming up. Talking about scents. I think that Sense, has really yeah. made me super happy. I was like, okay, yeah. I can wash my hand. And, you know, you go in the bathroom, wash your hand. You touch other sure. things. You got bold, <laughs> you wash your hand. It's like this really great moment where it just makes me happy. And I know that my hands are clean. <laughs> it's yeah. so, it sounds so indulgent. I wonder if it's, I mean, like we both mentioned actually some sort of scent. And I yeah. wonder if it has to do with like COVID. Like we're not, mm-hmm. we're not going outside anymore. We're really like just, air is exactly the same every single day. Yeah. We're not putting on perfume anymore. I don't know about you. I don't remember the last mm-hmm. time I put a perfume. We're not exploring different senses with our yeah. smell, with our nose. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's why, because suddenly it's a big deal. Suddenly it's like, oh, it yes. wakes you up or makes you really happy. Yeah. And it's something different. Yeah. It reminds because, you that you have that, you know, yeah, because your nose. house really, I mean, you get so accustomed to whatever smelling around your house. Yeah. And so to brighten it up mm-hmm. and have that amazing scent where you're like, oh, it brings back good memories. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah. now I'm like trying to imagine that scent. <laughs> <laughs> you need to pick one up. <laughs> I do. I'll look it up. <laughs> we would love to thank you, our listener, and especially our patrons for supporting our podcast, Paper Talk, and for making season five possible. 